In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I'm happy to be with you in, uh, tonight in your class, uh, speaking about a very important subject, which is we as high schoolers, how we should treat and how should we deal with our parents. Especially that honoring our parents is one of the Ten Commandments. As we read in the Old Testament and also was re-emphasized in the New Testament. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, St. Paul says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So St. Paul said, it is the right thing to do is to honor our parents. And this is the first commandment with a promise. If you review the Ten Commandments, the only commandment with a promise is this commandment. Honor your father and mother. And what is the promise? The promise, it may be well with you. So when we honor our parents, actually we will have blessing here on earth and you may live long on the earth. You may live long on the earth. But in many, many situations, during the adolescence and our teen age, either disagreement or conflict start between us and our parents. And it's like a big spectrum. It can be a small disagreement and can be resolved, or it can be a big, big issue between us and our parents. So why this happens during this time? And how to avoid this and how to live peaceably with our parents? First point for us, I like you to understand yourself, especially during this stage in your life. During our growth, from the moment actually we are born, we grow through many separations and reconnection. Separations and reconnection. The first separation happens at the moment of delivery. The baby, after spending nine months in the womb of his mother, now he is separate. That's why the first thing the baby does, cries. Then he starts to reconnect with his mother. When his mother holds him in her bosom, he feels the same secure atmosphere that he felt when he was an embryo 
infant in the womb of his mother. Then he will be adapted and he can go from one person to another person, he starts to recognize the father, his siblings, etc. Second separation happens when he starts to walk. And at the beginning, when the parents teach their children how to walk and leave them on the ground, they may cry, they feel insecure. And then they understand it is a point of growth. And they reconnect with their parents on a different level. And so on, I don't want to go and waste your time going through the different steps of separation and reconnection. But one of the very important stages of separation and reconnection, when we move from the childhood into adolescence, and when we start to grow, in adolescence, with the hormonal changes, we become taller, and also we feel that we become independent, and because of this, we don't want to be the children that are the shadow of their parents. And in order to confirm and to affirm our independence, we start rebelling against authority. And this is done subconsciously, without you make a decision to rebel against authority. You want to believe that now you are a man or a woman, a young man or a young woman. You can make your own decision. So you start rebelling against authority. And the easiest authority to rebel against it is your parents. And here I don't want to call it it's a stage of rebellion. No, it's not. But you are trying to emphasize that you are separate. You are different from your parents. You are not the extension of your parents. You are not the shadow of your parents. That's why they tell you, let's pray together. For example, no, I, I like to pray by myself. And maybe, yes, you go and pray by yourself. But the idea here, you want to tell them, I am different. I am not your extension. I am not your shadow. Uh, so understanding yourself here, is very important. But during this time, you are still going back and forth between childhood and adulthood. So sometimes you act like a child, and sometimes you act like a mature adult. And that's normal. All of us, during this time, we actually went back and forth between behaving like children and behaving like adults. And this is normal. But the problem here, that 
we don't realize we are not mature enough at this age. We are going back and forth between childhood and adulthood. That's why if we understand this about ourselves, we can, our, we can understand why our parents during this time become so worried about us. They become so worried about us for so many reasons. Number one, after the parents felt that you are compliant to them all these 10 years from the time you were born until now, now you want to differentiate yourself from them. You want to separate yourself. So in their mind, what's happening to our son or our daughter? She was very compliant. She was very obedient. What happened to her? Now she is rebellious. And another thing, they see that you are not mature enough and you are not making right decision and sometimes not all the time and this is normal because we are still growing so they become overprotective they want to protect you and many parents they do it in the right way by dialoguing with you holding a discussion, explaining to you and and training you how to make right and mature decisions. But also, many parents are working too many hours and they are under a lot of stress and they don't have the time that for every single decision they have to sit with you and have a discussion. It can take one hour, two hours, especially you, if you are excellent in debate and the parents become exhausted just from this discussion. So we tell you, you know what? No, you are not going with this group. No, you are not spending the night outside. And when they tell you this, in your perception, they are controlling me. Not they are protecting me. Not they are caring about me. They are mature and they know the right and wrong for me. So you perceive them as if they are controlling. And if they, are, if they are under stress and they said it in assertive way, you may also label them as they are angry. And then maybe you start to escalate the situation. So you scream and yell at them and it will be like a fight or a power struggle. 
who actually will break whom? Are you going to break them? Break their decision? Or you allow them to break your decision? And sometimes we try to challenge the authority and to push the limit and to see how much we can push the limits and we will win. And many times we do this subconsciously without realizing what we are doing. So understanding ourselves and understanding our parents will help a lot in how to have a peaceful discussion. We should also recognize and realize they are under a lot of stress, under a lot of pressure. And most of the time, if not all of the time, they are going through the stress and pressure for your sakes. I mean many parents, their social status and their jobs are much, much, much better in Egypt than here. But they choose to immigrate and come and work here in entry jobs and to go through this difficulty and stress for their children's sake. And many times we don't recognize how much they compromised for us. So the mutual understanding of myself and my growth and what my parents are going through is very important. Also, the difference in age and culture. You know, about 30 years ago, the difference between parents and children in age, for example, if there is difference 30 years in age, but the culture around us did not change that much in these 30 years. But now these 30 years of difference between parents and children in these 30 years, the whole world changed a lot. So, in, in our age, in our time, maybe the difference between our age and our parents' age was that small. But nowadays, the difference between your age and your parents' age is huge. Add to this the difference in culture. And the culture now is rapidly changing. Rapidly changing. And it is very challenging to parents to catch up with the changes in the culture. But again, with mutual understanding, we can actually 
come into peaceful terms. And let me tell you, it is more profitable for you to live in peace with your parents. When the atmosphere of the house is peaceful, this is more profitable to you than if the house full of argument, conflict, disagreements, fights, this atmosphere will hurt you before hurting anybody else. And we as children of God, we should keep peace. As we read in the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the children of God. For they are called children of God. But what if my parents are difficult? What if my parents, all the time, even without me doing anything, they yell at me, scream me, curse me? How can I deal with this? I will give you some points how to deal with your parents if they are really, really difficult. And then I will speak about how to honor our parents, which is one of the Ten Commandments. Number one, be sure that it is not you who is difficult, but in objective way, it is your parents. Meaning what? If you are a difficult son or daughter and you are pushing the limits of your parents to the end and you are rebelling against every single thing and then your parents get angry at you and you label them they are difficult that's misdiagnosis because you are the one who is difficult especially if your parents are treating your siblings in a nice and kind way so a difficult person should be with everyone if your parents are ungodly parents then actually they will be with everyone ungodly, not only with you. Their behavior will reflect the ungodliness with everyone. So number one, before jumping into conclusion and saying, my parents are difficult, think whether you are difficult or not. And listen to the advice of your spiritual father, your Sunday school servant, a mature and wise adult in your family, if everyone telling you stop giving your parent hard time, then don't label them difficult. 
take responsibility and say it is me and try to change and transform yourself. But if in objective way you realize it that your parents are difficult and others like your spiritual father or your son's school servant or uh, a wise adult member in the family confirm this then how do you deal with this number one determine whether a relationship with your parents is possible or not how can you communicate with them how can you live with them peaceably even with difficult people there is a way to live with them it needs wisdom it needs endurance it needs strength but definitely there is a way to live with them don't push the wrong buttons also don't let their words define who you are for example if they are telling you are a failure uh, or cursing you or labeling, labeling you with some negative labels don't let these words define who you are you need actually to perceive yourselves from the eyes of Christ how the Lord Jesus Christ perceives you and you are in the eye of God you are his son or his daughter and your weaknesses God understand your weaknesses and God perceive your weaknesses as spiritual illness curable and completely treatable if you submit to him also you need to learn how to forgive and forgiveness is not something or a favor you do it for them but it is a favor you do it yourself if I hurt you and you decided not to forgive me maybe I don't care whether you forgive me or not but who will continue to be angry it is you until you forgive me and you let go then you will regain your peace forgive forgiveness is unconditional and it is a choice a decision you make also with guidance with abuna or with guidance with a christian godly counselor you need to learn how to set boundaries healthy boundaries with your parents 
the concept of boundaries is very important. Like this hall has boundary. These four walls are the boundary of the hall. And any place that has boundary, there are doors and windows. Because if there are doors and windows, if there is no doors and windows, it will be present. And the doors and windows help, we open them to let what is good enter and what is bad outside. So we open the doors in front what is good and we close them in front of what's bad. For example, if outside there are a lot of flies and mosquitoes, we will close the window. But when people come to attend a meeting like this, we will open the doors and welcome them. So you need to train yourself with the guidance of your spiritual father or with a godly Christian counselor. He will tell you how to set healthy godly boundaries. Meaning, how to open the doors of these boundaries to what is good in your relationship with your parents and how to close it in front of what's bad. Another point is to accept them as they are. As the Lord Jesus Christ accepted us as we are. In Romans chapter 14, St. Paul teaches us to accept one another as God has accepted us. You know, when the prodigal son returned, his father accepted him. We need to accept our parents. And also, we should not have unrealistic expectations. Because many times we are thinking about idealistic expectation. But if they have some weaknesses in their spiritual life, and these weaknesses are reflected in you, then you need to have realistic expectation. But be open to the possibility that they may change. Be open to the possibility that they may change. Maybe they are going through a certain phase or certain stage in their life. Maybe they are extremely under pressure. So be open to the possibility that they may change. Pray for them always. And also, you need to get support. Support to help you to be strong. Support to help you to endure. Support to help you how to set boundaries in the right way. But thank God that this type of parents are not very common. In reality, it is very rare. And many times when we perceive our parents 
as difficult? Most of the time, it is us who are difficult, not them. Most of the time. But as I told you, thank God, this type of parents are not common. And when God told us, honor your parents, this commandment is unconditional. Meaning, the commandment did not say, honor your parents only if they are good. But if they are bad, don't honor them. So, how do we honor our parents? Before explaining or answering this question, I like to tell you two stories from the scripture. The first story in Jeremiah chapter 35. There is a group of people called Rechabites. Rechabites. And their father, their grand-grandfather, before he dies, he gives them instruction not to drink wine. Not to drink wine. And then the father died. So God actually wanted to choose to to teach Israel a lesson. So he said to Jeremiah, to the children of Rakam, and Jeremiah is the prophet of God. So when he says something, we should listen to him. He was known as the man of God, prophet of God. And Jeremiah asked them to drink wine. But none of them agreed to drink wine. Although Jeremiah, the man of God, the prophet of God, is the one who instructed them to drink wine. And they told him, because our father told us, don't drink wine neither you nor your children. So God used the children of Rakam as an example how they honored their father and listened to him even after his death. But the children of Israel, they refused to listen to their heavenly father, to God. Many times we obey our parents in their presence, but in their absence we don't obey them. See the children of Rakab, how they obeyed their parents even after he died. So the story in Jeremiah chapter 35, God said to Jeremiah, go to the house of the Rechabites, Speak to them and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. So Jeremiah took 
the children of Rakab and his brother, their brothers and their children, all of them. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Igdalia, a man of God. And then I set before the sons of the house of the Rechabites bowls full of wine and cups. And I said to them, drink wine. But they said, all of them, all of them, without exception, we will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, you shall drink no wine, you nor your sons, forever. Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he charged us to drink no wine all our days, we, our wives, our sons, or our daughters. And we have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. That's why God blessed them. That's the first story. And as God actually used this story to teach Israel a lesson, in the same way, it's a lesson for all of us. How many times we obey our parents if we obey them just in their presence, but behind their back, no, we disobey them. But see, See the honesty and the faithfulness of these people. They obeyed their, their parent even after he died. The second story in Genesis chapter 9. After the flood, Noah did something wrong. As we read in Genesis 9 verse 21 Noah drank of the wine and was drunk so he drank of wine until he got drunk this is definitely not right and because he was drunk he became uncovered in his tent who saw him his son and Ham the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father. And instead of covering his father, because love covers multitude of sins, he exposed his father. What did he do? He went and told his two brothers outside. Like sometimes when our parents do something wrong to us, we expose them, we speak badly about them to our friends. Maybe we put a post on social media about how parents should treat their children and we expose them in the whole world, like him. But see the other sons, Shem and Japheth, how they respected their father even when he was wrong. Even when he was drunk and uncovered himself. So, Shem and Japheth took a garment 
laid it on both their shoulders from behind their back and went backward so they walked backward uncovered the nakedness of their father so they hold the sheet behind their back and they walked backward in order not to see the nakedness of their father and then they threw the garment on him to cover him their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness so Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him that's why he blessed Shem and Japheth but uh, Canaan the son of Ham was cursed this story teaches us how to cover the weaknesses of our parents how we should not expose the weaknesses of our parents how we should not speak negatively about them and when we do this we'll be blessed because love covers multitude of sin and if we love our parents we should cover their weaknesses not expose them and speak badly about them so how to honor our parents number one be thankful show them gratitude don't take them for granted don't tell them it's your choice to have children then it's your duty to do this and this this attitude is a bad attitude is not a Christian attitude you need, you need to be thankful and grateful they do their best to make you live a, a better life and any parents want his children to be better than him and want you to have better opportunity and better chances than their chances so even in their overprotectiveness or in their assertiveness or when they tell you no they are doing they are doing in all these situations they are doing this out of love and care number two communicate with them talk with them spend the time with them don't just sit in your room all day and night holding your phone and texting and on your social media and don't communicate with them at all or unless you need something from them share with them your day and ask them about their day this communication this friendship will soften any disagreement and make the bond stronger between you and them show them respect and honor 
Don't let them serve you, but you serve them. For example, don't say to your mother or to your dad, I need a cup of water. I need to drink tea. Go and actually serve them. Show them respect. His Holiness Bob Shenouda he said in his book Honor Your Father and Mother he said that his elder brother he did not call his name without title so in honoring his brother not his father or mother, his brother. He used to call his brother not just by his first name, but with a title. Also, seek their advice and wisdom. It's another sign of honoring them. Don't Give them the impression that I know better than you. You are from different generation, from different culture. I know better than you. No. Believe me, they have a lot of wisdom and they can give you uh, good advice from their experience. Make it a point in your prayer to always, always pray for them. And if you see them, they are tired or stressed or exhausted, encourage them and show them support. Don't lie to your parents. And don't underestimate their intelligence. And if they don't speak English like you, don't take advantage of this to show them that they are not highly educated, to give them this message that they are not educated like you understand they chose to live here because of you. Also, take care of them. If they are going through a difficult time or if they are sick, ill, take care of them. If you are working, like during summer, and your parents, the money that they make is not enough, actually share your money with them. This will bring unity to the whole family. Don't be selfish or self-centered, but help them. Also. Talk well of them 
publicly and privately. Don't speak bad or negatively about them. Usually, even people who listen to you, they will not respect you when you speak badly about your parents. Train yourself to speak well of your parents publicly and privately. Also, don't make conflict between your father and mother. Let me tell you how. Sometimes we know that if I ask my father, he will tell me no. If I ask my mother, she will tell me yes. So we start using this technique in order to get what I want. And then if my father told me, how you did this, didn't I tell you no? Then you tell him, but I went to my mother and she said me yes. In this way, actually, you are making conflict between your parents. And you are not here a peacemaker. You are a troublemaker. You are causing trouble and conflict in the family. Don't use this for your personal gain. It's not right. A godly children, a godly child should not do this. A godly child will compromise his gain in order to keep peace between his parents. That's what a godly child would do. Listen to them and obey them. Remember how the Lord Jesus Christ was submissive to his parents. As we read in Luke chapter 2, in verse 51, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was subject to them. Jesus is the creator. He is the creator of Mary and Joseph. But now, since he became man, he actually set a good example to us in honoring his parents and listening to them and obeying them and putting them in front of his needs. And as I told you before, even if they did something wrong, forgive them. Let me conclude with another story from the first king uh, chapter 1 uh, story chapter 2 Verse 19. But Sheba therefore went to King Solomon. 
but Sheba is his mother, and King Solomon, her son, to speak to him for Adonijah. Listen to the, this verse. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed down to her. So although he is the king, King Solomon, but he did not forget that she is his mother. So when he saw her coming, he rose and went to meet her. He did not wait until she comes to him. He went to meet her and bowed down to her. He prostrated in front of her and sat down on his throne and had a throne set for the king's mother. So she sat at his right hand. He did not sit on a throne and left her sitting on a regular chair, but he brought another throne for his mother. That is an example of honoring our parents. Even if we became in a very, very high position, but still we need to honor our parents. One of the fathers just last week was speaking with me and told me when he is speaking on the phone, if his father or mother were calling him, he cannot talk with them, but they are not seeing him, he is speaking on the phone, while he is just, you know, relaxing on, on the bed or whatever. So, if it is his father or mother, he actually sit in, in, in respect to talk to them, although they don't see him. It's a, a phone call. But that is the respect, that is the honor that we should actually give to our parents. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it will be well with you and that you may live long on earth. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.